0: amen 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 you know what i forgot to do something can you hear me yes we're going to read the word let's start with the word if you have your bibles go to genesis chapter 3 verses 3 through 9 genesis chapter 3 and when we read the word it's in the house we like to stand we're going to stand as we read the word genesis chapter 3 verse 3 through 9 let me read this to you let me read this to you i need to read this to you man here we go because what I'm going to tell you tonight, I never heard anybody preach on it. I've never heard anybody talk on it. I'm telling you, God showed this to me. I'm just a man, so this has nothing to do with me. God showed it to me, and I was like, man, I can't believe this is in the Bible. And he showed it to me. And when you take it to work or wherever, you use it too. See, it's called copyright in the kingdom of God. you got to right to copy it as long as you copy it right. That's what copyright means. So this is Genesis, Genesis chapter 3, verses 3 through 9. Now the serpent was more craftier than any of the wild animals, the Lord God. Everyone say, Lord God, this is huge. Say it again, Lord God, had made. He said to the woman, this is the serpent, said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any trees in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not uh, touch it or you would die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. I call this a relationship with God. Father, I thank you for the words that you put in my mouth and in my heart, but they're not for me. You told me that a long time ago. I'm just a vessel. They're not for me. They're in me, they're not for me. They're for everyone else here. And I pray that we will learn to, about an intimate relationship with you. And it's not about what we know, but it's about who we know. And we thank you that we're going to learn that tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, amen. Amen, amen, amen. And again, we are a culture of honor. Pastor Gary, I thank you. I thank you. Pastor Gary and came Kim, known him for a long time. Thank you. Never in my wild dreams I was going to hear you come up here and say, everybody say cray-cray. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Gary. Pastor Gary. Gary. I've seen some things today, day that were cray-cray. Okay, all right mc pastor gary okay but anyway um and, and the last couple sundays man there's been some good services some good services listen pastor jordan did a real good message uh on hell, and i, ha- I teach at UNF. i have my class here today and i don't know i'm doing my syllabus in july so i don't know what they're going to preach on but it was i think it was an anointing and i had the assignment was for them to be here today and he was talking about hell amen I'll let you know how it goes when we have class this week, amen, amen. But uh, I loved how Pastor Jen came up here. You remember Pastor Jen came up here and she put the stickers on the seats for us to pray for the people that we wanted to come? Man, that was a beautiful expression. I loved that. And then um, Pastor Dusty, I loved what he said about um, anointed but not announced. I was like, oh my goodness, anointed but not announced. And he called that the process. That is the process. And I love that, anointed but not announced. And so we're going to get into some things here. And I'm gonna stay, say a statement to you. And some of you are gonna look at me like, James, what are, you, what are you talking about? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. And I have a lot of scripture. And I'm telling you, man, this is a God message. Not a good message, a God message because this is, has nothing to do with me. But everybody believes in God. Everybody. James, everybody believes in God. I'm telling you, everybody. And so I was like, okay, God, what are you doing here? So I looked up the word God. The word God, this is what the definition is, is an image, person, or thing that one spends time worshiping. Do we have that up there? Is an image, person, or thing that one spends time worshiping. That is what God is. And so when I was looking at this, I looked at I looked at treasure because in Matthew chapter six, verse twenty-one, it says, "Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also." And when I looked up the word treasure, anything we value above all else that motivates us to action. So I was like, worship all the time, treasure, it moves us to action. I said, everybody believes in God. And so as I was preparing this, I was like, what do you mean everybody believes in God? Because everyone does. They have something that their heart is tied to that gives them a reaction. So everybody believes in God. What are you talking about, Jim? I'll show you. Do you have a picture of the first God that some people believe in? Do we have it? Please tell me we have it. Please tell me we have the first picture. I'm gonna try this one more time. Please tell me that we have, is that Justin up there? Well, all right. Some of us have a God. I, just, I have a picture up right here. How many of you have ever seen this God before? How many of you have ever seen that one, huh? <laughs> you ever seen that God before? I said, hey, hey. Then there's one that has a, a Facebook and a Snapchat and a Twitter, uh, it's a God. Then we have uh, a God that looks like an elephant and a donkey. A God that looks like an elephant and a donkey. You, you with me? Because I've learned for years, we don't need the donkey to run this country and we don't need the elephant to run this country. We need the lamb that comes from God to run this country. But people have a God. We have people who like to work out and people who will drive fast cars. And here's the most powerful. Please tell me that we have a picture of these gods because the last two are the most powerful. And I don't know if you can see them but one of them has an apple that's bit out on the side of it, okay? That's a God. And then there's another one that's a heap of cash. That's a God. Now, all those things I just showed you, all those gods, there's nothing wrong with having them. There's nothing wrong with having those things as long as those things don't have you, all right? There's nothing wrong with having those things as long as those things Don't have you. Amen? Let me read this. It says, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17. For the Lord your God is the God of gods. Is the God of gods. And in this scripture, man, I wish we had. In this scripture, it will say, well, let me, hold on. Do we have Deuteronomy 10, 17? I would love to show you this. Because in the scripture, it says, for the Lord your God, capital G-O-D is the God of all gods, small g-o-d-s. That tells me something right there. Other people have other gods, but then it says God, capital G-o-d. For the Lord your God is God of gods and, and Lord of lords. He is the great God, the mighty awesome God who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed, cannot be bribed. So I was like, okay, all right, that's fine. What does all this mean what does all this mean if you go to the bible and you read now i'm reading the bible i just said okay one day i'm gonna start in genesis and then we go to exodus and then i'm starting to read it in, in in order and i got the leviticus i was like i'm done okay if you get cut get the sword and get out of the camp walk around can't come back in the camp you gotta kneel down put on a sackcloth what does all that mean all right and like i said while well, i was praying what it means is there's so much that you cannot do and i believe that the book is written this lets you know that these are the, the the laws that god wants us to live by but we can't do them Jesus came to fulfill the law he came it was him all right so in Genesis I'm reading in Genesis and in Genesis 1 chapter 1 watch this it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep and the spirit of God everyone say God God was uh, hovering over the surface of the waters then God said let there be light and there was light and God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and the morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, let there be space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the earth. And um, and 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 that it was what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heaven. God called the space sky. It says God, 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 God. And I was like, Okay, what does that mean? God in there means Elohim. Elohim is the creator, something that is bigger than us. It is a creator, it is a God, it is a Elohim. It's an Elohim, it's a God, it's something bigger than us. Most of us understand that. But like I said, everybody believes in God. And so when I was reading this, God took me to this scripture in, in, um, in, in 1 Samuel, okay, in 1 Samuel, watch this, church. After the Philistines had captured the Ark of God, so the Philistines captured the Ark. They captured the Ark of God. They took it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Then they carried the Ark into Dagon's temple. Dagon was an Elohim for the Philistines. Like I said, everybody believes in God. The question is, which God are you going to believe in, okay? So they take him in, and it's set it beside Dagon. So we got Dagon and the Ark of the Covenant. Watch what happens. When the people of Ashod rose early the next day, there was Dagon falling on his face on the ground before the Ark of the Lord. They took Dagon and put him back up in his place. But the following morning, when they rose, there was Dagon falling on his face on the ground before the Ark of the of the Lord. And it's so interesting that Dagon is in the same room as the, as the Elohim that we believe in, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it says they came in and he was flat on his face and then they put him back up again and he fell back down the next day. And here's what I didn't know that God showed me. Church, watch this. How many of you remember Jonah who got swallowed up by a, a, a whale? When I tell you what I'm about to tell you, you'll never look at the story again the same, ever because I was like, okay. The Ninevites honored the same God, Dagon. The same God, Dagon. Let's read the story real quick. So, I I gotta, I gotta go. So everybody's up on the ship, you know, the ship is rocking and everyone's like, oh, we're gonna die, we're gonna die, what's going on? And the captain says something. He says, all the sailors were afraid. Each of them cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he had laid down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. So everybody's up on the the boat, and they're praying to their God. And the captain comes down and says, hey, Jonah, why don't you pray to your God? Maybe you can help us. And so we all know the story, they grab Jonah, they throw him out, he gets eaten by a fish and then three, three days later, he's preaching. James, what difference does it make? I said the same thing until God spoke to me and said, I need you to look up the picture of Dagon. And I said, okay, please tell me we have the picture of Dagon, please. We don't have that either. Okay, well. I will give you what Dagon looks like. It's the body of a, I mean, the head of a man and it's the body of a fish. It's the head of a man and it's the body of the fish. So scholars believe, because I researched this. So here's what's really going on. These guys are up there praying to their God, Dagon. And then Jonah goes up and he prays to his God, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They throw him and a fish comes up and grabs Jonah. So these guys are thinking, hey man, our God Dagon just overcame whatever he was preaching and has swallowed him. So our God must reign. So they go back to the king and they're like, hey king, that guy Jonah was on the boat? Yeah, our God swallowed him. But the king is like, oh really? When why is the joker outside preaching the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? So let me tell you something, his God must be better. That's why when you read further um, the, the, the king is like, cause the king understands, he's been taught. God of the Jewish people, I know what he did. They taught him. I remember what they did in, in, in Egypt. I remember how they got through the Red Sea. I remember how they were sustained in the desert. The king knew a little bit about the Jewish God because it was handed down to him. And then all of a sudden they come to the king and they're like, hey king, our God Dagon swallowed up um, Jonah's God. And the king is like, well, he's out there preaching and he knows judgment is coming. So he tells everybody, look here, go do what, what, what Jonah's doing. Go pray to his God. See, that's why I'm telling you, when the God of the bad report, the God's G, small g-o-d-s of the bad report comes to you, you can go to the God, the Elohim that we believe in, and say something that says, by his stripes we are healed. When the, God, the gods of the world come in with a bad report for your finances, you can say Elohim says his blessings are yes and amen. When the gods of the world say your kids are never coming back, you can go back and say, my God says raise a child in the ways you go and when he comes back, he will never depart. See, that's what happened. And I love what happened with Dagon because even the other gods, as it says, and uh, what, what the word says, when it says every knee, Philippians 2.10, it says every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Even Dagon had to fall in front of God. Everybody believes in God. Just which one are you going to believe in? That's what this whole thing's about. That's what God is showing me. Everyone believes in God, but which one are you going to believe in? This is fascinating. Watch this. Years ago, I was at the barbershop. Yeah, that's when I had a nice fro before my daughters got older. But anyway, I was at the barbershop, all right? Or no, I was at the of a pizza shop, and I walked into the pizza shop, and there was a guy in there. His name was Orphan. He was from Turkey. Good guy. James, oh, man, how you doing? Oh, I got hurt. See, because I'm out there about mine. I told you before, the world's out there with their stuff. I'm going to be out there with my stuff. So I walked in. I was like, Orphan, how you doing? Oh, Brother James, I'm hurting. And I have this thing now when people say pray for me. Boop, I do it right there on the spot. I don't care where it's at. I told you a story and I was in public praying for people and they were coming left and right. I just didn't charge them. Uh, That's another message, okay? (laughs) But anyway, so I go and watch this church, watch this, watch this. So I go in and I pray for them. And when I prayed for them, I said, in Jesus' name, when I said Jesus' name, I didn't know all these guys were uh, from Turkey. Nothing wrong with being from Turkey, but they were all Muslim. So when I said in Jesus' name, the dude that was in the back making pizzas, Guy comes out of the bathroom, guy that was folding pizza boxes, guy that was wiping down the, the, the drink fountain, they all walked up and surrounded me like, Ginger, cannot come in here and pray the name of God, uh, Jesus Christ? We pray in the name of Allah. So I was like, okay, okay. I mean, I was surrounded. Usually i want to like, man, please, but I was surrounded. So I said, all right, okay, all right, all right. And they were like, God cannot have a son. I was like, all right, cool. So I left. I was at the barbershop two days later. It was Easter time. Have you ever been to a barbershop, an African-American barbershop, or even in a white barbershop around Easter time? It's packed, okay, because everyone's getting faded up and everything like that, getting a good fade, right, Pastor Jordan? A nice fade, all right? So anyway, so I'm sitting in the barbershop, and it's, watch this. There's a guy sitting next to me. He's on his computer. I'm like, dude, what you doing? And he's like, like acting like he don't want to be bothered. Man, I work at Mayo Clinic. I said, what are you looking at? He goes, I'm um, just looking at this picture. And I was like, hey, that's a DNA strand. And he kind of looked at me like, Okay, uh, detective, you know it's a DNA strand. And I was like, well, why are you looking at it? He said, because we're finding out that your DNA comes from your father. I said, well, I said, well what, what, what did you say? He said, we're finding out that your DNA comes from your father. I got to go. I was like, where are you going? Went back to the pizza shop. Hey, what's up? How you guys doing? You don't get no God talking until you get your pizza first. Hey, man, hook me up a slice of pepperoni. me some pizza so they come out listen to me they come out i said hey how you doing james do not come in here talking about jesus christ anymore jesus christ cannot be the son of god we only pray in the name of allah i said all right all right i said but you believe in jesus of course we believe in jesus he was the greatest prophet i said you didn't believe he was sinless of course he was sinless i said you even believe he was coming back Of course he's coming back. But brother James, when he comes back, him and the Mahdi will come and they will have a debate. And he will say that it was Judas on the cross and not him. I said, all right, all right, slow down, slow down. I said, you just don't believe that he is the son of God. James, we told you that God cannot have no son. He comes in the name of Allah. And something grows up in me. I said, okay, well then tell me this one. I just talked to a guy who works at the Mayo Clinic. They're the top research in blood because they always deal with cancer. The top in this country. And he said, okay, Brother James. I said, he told me that the DNA comes from the Father. He said, okay, Brother James. I said, if Joseph was his father, he would have passed down sinner's blood like your father passed down sinner's blood to me. But you tell me Jesus is sinless. You tell me where the blood comes from. I'm in Mecca tomorrow, tomorrow. Get out of here, Brother James. You can never come back in here anymore. Everybody believes in God. Which one are we going to believe in, amen? Watch this. In Genesis chapter 2, I start reading the second chapter of Genesis. This is when it really messed me up in a good way. Thus the uh, heavens and the earth were completed in their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had begun doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from, from all his works. Then God blessed the seventh day and made him blah, blah. Then it talks about Adam and Eve, all right? This is the account of the heavens and the earth when, he, when they were created, when the Lord God made man, uh, the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth. That's why, the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, different message. That's why when Noah was building an ark, the people were looking at him like, dude, are you crazy? Cause it never rained before, okay? Uh, came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God, formed a man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Wait a minute. Wait one minute. Because the first chapter talks about God. The second chapter talks about Lord God. So I'm like, where are we going with this? And God started dealing with me. I started looking it up. When it says Lord God, that's called Yahweh. What is the definition of Yahweh? I'm glad you asked. This is translated, the Lord God. This title is used for God's relationship to humanity as the creator and the redeemer. Here's what that's really saying. Not only is he the creator that's out there, but he's also the one that we have relationship with. Not just creator, but the one we have relationship with. That's why when he saw Moses in Exodus chapter 3 verse 4, he shows up at the burning bush. And Moses is like, who should I tell them that I'm coming to see? Who should I tell them? They're not going to believe me. He said, tell them I am that I am. What he was saying is, I am not only Elohim that creates all this stuff. I'm the Yahweh that heard your cries for 400 years. That's who you go and tell him. He is not just the Elohim who is creating. He's the Elohim that we can have relationship with. And God showed me something. He said, James, he's not only the Elohim that created the moon and the stars. He's the Yahweh that wants to walk with you under the sun. He's not just the Elohim who created the fire. But he's the Yahweh that wants to walk with you or be with you in that fire. He's just not the Elohim who created the rivers and the streams, but he's the Yahweh that wants to walk on your water. He's not just Elohim. He's Yahweh. And when he's Yahweh, we have a relationship with him. And people would debate me all the time. This Elohim, that Elohim, there's going to be many Elohims. There's one Yahweh. There is one Yahweh, and that's why your Bible will say he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's saying that because what it's saying is I'm not only Elohim, I'm also relational, and I'm also generational. I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. I'm the God of you. I'm the God of your kids. I'm the God of your grandkids. I'm the God of your great-great-grandkids. I'm a relational God. I'm not just Elohim. I'm Lord God, relational, because when he always wants relationship with us, but when we go back with him and we reciprocate it, then he turns into Yahweh. He's not just the creator, but he's also Yahweh. And see the relationship has to be intimate. What do you mean intimate? It has to be intimate. If you ever read the book of Ezekiel chapter 44, it talks about the outer courts, the inner courts and the Holy of Holies. Now the outer courts, much well as the outer courts is where, is where the people would gather. The inner courts are where the priest would gather, and the holy of holies is where the high priest was. And the high priest, they tie rope on him and bells because if he went in there and he wasn't doing the right thing and he was, it wasn't good, he would fall down dead and they'd hear those bells and they'd just drag him out. And the other people like, I ain't going in there. See, because it was an intimate. The word Yahweh was so intimate to the Jewish people, they didn't even like to say the word because it talked about Intimacy. It has to be intimate. And I have people in my life that are like that. We all have people in our lives that are like that. There are people that come here at this church and I just see them. I'm like, hey, how you doing? That's my outer court. There's nothing wrong with that. We all have it. And then there's people that you work with, you see all the time. And that's your inner court. And then there are people that know your mess and they know everything about you. And that's your holy of holies. We all have it. See, when it's Yahweh, it has to be a holy of holies. He must be Yahweh when He's in the Holy of Holies, not the outer court, not the inner court. He has to be in the holies of Holies. It has to be an intimate relationship. James, what are you talking about an in intimate relationship? He has to know your stuff. He has to know... Where's Mike Vajellia? Where's Mike? Is he around here? Mike, come here, come here real quick. He no, know I'm going to do this. Do you have to be in your Holy of Holies? Because we have people who are in our outer courts in our inner courts, and in our holy of holies. And the, and, the, and the conversations are different. Come here, Mikey, they're different, watch this. This dude's in my inner court. I mean, he's in my, my holy of holies, all right? I've been working here nine months. He's in my inner court, I mean, my holy of holies. Pastor uh, Justin, my holy of holies. Pastor Gary, uh, yeah, my holy of holies. If you ever watch me and him, we're playing basketball against one another. There are things I say to him that I'm not saying to you guys because he's in my, he's in my holy of holies. Okay, there's conversations that him and, I, him and I have talks about race. We've had talks about religion. We've had talks about um, politics. We've had talks about family. We've had all kinds of talks about things, but we're tied together because he's in my holy of holies. See, when, you can sit down and thank you, man. I, didn't, I, I, knew, I wasn't going to embarrass you or anything like that. But when we play basketball, you should say, hey, hey, I'll see you Tuesday. Leave me alone. But do you understand what, do you, but watch this. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because when you go to God, it's a different situation. It's different. When we're talking to him, it's different. He's got to be in our holy of holies. We have to have a different type of relationship with God. It's got to be an intimate one. I'll show you why it's so It's so important that it's an intimate relationship. And see, there are some of us that think we can get to God based on what we know. It has nothing to do with what you know. It's not about having a, a um, to have an intimate Relationship with the heart, not an informational relationship with the head. An intimate relationship with the heart, not an informational relationship with the head. See, you can know the difference between the Septuagint and Tetragrammaton. I don't even know what those are. I've heard them, I think they're cool words, the Septuagint and the Tetragrammaton. You can know the difference between the Hellenistic Jews and the Hasidic Jews. You can come to church 52 Sundays a year and you can be in 52 of our outreaches, but you have to have an intimate relationship. It's not. A, I can't go up to LeBron James' house and be like, "Hey, LeBron, let me in, man." Yeah, I remember I saw you playing basketball in Akron. I remember when Ohio State wanted to recruit you when you were playing basketball and they wanted to make you tight end. I saw you win championships in Miami and, Ohio, and, and uh, in Cleveland and in LA. I can't do that. I can't go up to Tom Brady's house and say, hey, Tom, let me in. I know all three of your sisters, Nancy, Maureen, and, and, and Ginger. I can't do that. I saw you play at uh, a Sierra Catholic High School in Northern California, and I know you went to Michigan. I know that you won seven Super Bowls, and you're the best player of all time. I can't go to Taylor Swift's house knocking the door. Taylor, let me in. I know that you were born in Pennsylvania. So was I. I know that you were named after an artist named James Taylor. I know that your first record was at 14 years old. I can't go up to them. If I go up to them and say, because I know about you and try to get in their house. they say the same thing that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 when he said, Many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord. And he said, Depart from me. I never knew you. I don't care how much you know. If our relationship isn't intimate, I never knew you. That's what Lord God is. But now I'm going to tell you why it's so important. Genesis chapter 3 verses 3 through 5. Now the serpent was more craftier than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Who said to the woman? It was the serpent. What did I say? In order to have a relationship, you have to be able to say what? Lord God. Now who's talking to the woman? The serpent. Watch what he does. Did God God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden. So what he was saying was, it's okay for you to know who God is, because he knows. It's okay for you to know the word, because he does. He's just not okay with us having a relationship with God. I'll prove it. Watch what he does. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, here's what Satan did. "Mm -hmm. I got her. I got her. I got her. She's not using Lord God, I got her. Chapter three opens up with Lord God, but she's saying God, Satan is saying God, she's saying God, he's like, I got her. I got her to believe that God is an entity that sits on a throne with a big lightning bolt and wants to get us every time we do something wrong. That's what he got her to do. Watch, it's throughout this. The woman said to the serpent, we may not eat fruit from the trees of the garden, but God did say you must eat the fruit from the trees that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not uh, touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to a woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. He got her and Adam to believe they can never have relationship with God. That's why when God comes looking for them in the cool of the day, it changes back up. And it says, then the Lord God came looking for them in the cool of the day church you don't think satan is slick watch what he did when he tried to tempt jesus christ watch this is uh matthew chapter 4 verses 3 through 10 then the tempter came to him and said if you are the son of god tell these stones to become bread jesus answered it is written man shall not live by bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of god Satan said God, Jesus said God. Satan's like, I got him, just like I did Adam and Eve. But the one thing Satan didn't know, he didn't understand who he was dealing with because Jesus had something in store for him. Watch what he does. Then the devil took him to a holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. That's why I said, it's not about what you know, because Satan knows scripture. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Now he's letting Satan know. Basically, this is what he's saying. Satan, you really wanna play Monopoly and I'm Milton Bradley. Really? I made the game. I know the game. I understand this. And he tried to do it again. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you just bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Here's what Jesus was saying. I have a relationship with my father. He's not just God. See, Satan, you know him as God. I know him a little deeper. And I'm here to tell you when I was reading this, God dealt with me and said, if you don't think that he was going to try Jesus and he's not coming after us, you got another thing coming. That's why our relationship has to be intimate with him because the tempter is going to come. And I love what Pastor Gary told me years ago. He said, James, if you're in the world every day, you've got to be in the word every day. That's what makes an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, with God. It has to be intimate. Now here... Is what I call the tipping point. Because I never saw this until God took me to this. So, are you with me? To have relationship, you have to say what again? Lord God. Check it, church. Jesus is at the Last Supper. And while they were eating, he said, truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. What? It's not a trick question. Which one betrayed him? Judas. Yeah. Watch this. They were sad and began to say to him one after another, surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, the one who dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The son of man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to the man who betrays the son of man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, surely said, do you mean me, rabbi? He could not say, Lord, because he didn't have a relationship. And here's what I was thinking. How can the dude, and I'm just, I'm just, this is a James moment by myself. How can the dude watch him feed 5,000 with a fish sandwich, watch him walk on water, watch him heal the blind, watch him heal the sick, watch him do all these things. And he still didn't have a relationship with him. And God said, James, sometimes that's like you. He's done all these things for you, but you still look at him as God. And you don't get intimate on a daily basis and look at him as Lord God. He's got to be Lord God. Worship team, you can come back out. Now watch this. One, years ago, this is, this is man. This is, this is touching. This is touching. It's a true story. Years ago, my daughters, they're older, moved out. They were six and two, and my daughter, she came to me, and she said, Dad, can we go out and play in the back? And there was a lake back in the back of my house at the time. It was about 1,000. It was like 100 yards off. So I said, Jasmine, don't take your sister. Jason. don't take her out by the lake because I don't want anything happening. She's like, all right. So I started cooking. I didn't have any shoes on. I was cooking. All of a sudden, the screen door opens. Bam! Jasmine runs in, just looked at her, we didn't even share a word, I looked at her, I ran right past her, and I started running to the lake, and as I'm running to the lake, I'm praying, and it's interesting, because I've heard people talk about this, but it It happens, only time my life had ever happened, as I was running, I can hear my heartbeat, and I look out the lake, and I see my two-year-old daughter in the lake, just laying in the lake like this, she's laying and I'm looking and I ran in there and I grabbed her by the back of the shirt and I pulled her out. And as I pulled her out, I said, God, please let her be alive. And when I pulled her out, she started coughing. And I was like, all right, good. And then I took my shirt and I started wiping her face off and I was wiping her face off and she was all dirty and I was wiping her face off. And I took her back to the house and her clothes were all nasty and dirty from being in that lake. So I took her clothes off and I threw them away and I put her in the bathtub and I put some new clothes on her, and I sat down. And when I sat down, I was like, whoa, what a last 15 minutes. And I looked down, and I realized I had not have no shoes on, and my feet were all bleeding. And right when that happened, the Lord spoke to me. The reason that I was able to immediately run past Jasmine is because we had an intimate relationship. I was the father. She was the child. I spent all my time with her. I know what she likes to eat. I know what she likes to drink. I know a television show she likes. I know what she doesn't want. I know what she likes to go to school in. I know everything she wants to do because I've spent time with her and because we had relationship with one another, she didn't have to say a single word, a look, and the father knew there was a problem. So I ran past her and I go out to my daughter. God's telling me all this after I got finished reached in, I pulled her out, and God said, yeah, that's what I did. Because we have relationship, I took you, I grabbed you out of the mess that you were in, son, and I pulled you out and I cleaned you up. I cleaned you up. And he said this, he said, then I took you to the house, and I put new clothes on you. New clothes on and when I looked down at my feet and they were bleeding, he said, and I even shed blood so you can come to my house and clean up all the mess. And I said, God, I thank you for a relationship with you, an intimate relationship that I don't even have to say anything. You know when I have an issue, an intimate relationship. And watch this. Everyone stand up. will not you all stand up? will not you all stand up? Because I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray because God... God deals with me about this. See, in that moment, He wasn't just the Elohim that my grandmother and my mother told me about. He was the Yahweh that can help me in my time of need. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in here, and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you don't know, Jesus said this, not James, Jesus. If you ever deny me in front of man, I will deny you in front of my Father in heaven. But if you accept me in front of man, I will accept you in front of my Father in heaven. If you never know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, now you understand why when people say He's your Lord and your Savior. If that's you, I want you to signify by just raising a hand. Just raise a hand. Just raise a hand. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now watch this. Whatever your head by, every eye closed. If you're in here and you don't, and you want to, because Sunday night you love the Lord Christian. I'm talking about if you're in here and you're like man I need to deepen my relationship with my Lord and Savior I need to deepen my relationship because I know for me personally and I always think I love it last time Pastor Dusty was up here speaking he said I'm going down to the altar too I love when when a pastor or somebody speaking God's word is vulnerable enough to say listen I also have stuff that God deals with me on we're not perfect I don't pay uh, cheaper gas prices or cheaper milk prices because I'm up on the stage. I still go through stuff. If you're in here and you're saying to yourself, "Man, I need to have, I need my relationship to be more intimate," maybe it's prayer time. Maybe it's getting in God's Word. Maybe it's just praying for your family or anything like that. I'm gonna count to three, and I want you to come down to this altar. And I say this all the time: if you're okay with the way your relationship is, that's fine. Stay there. Cause I'm going to this altar, but if you're like God, I now know the difference between God, the Creator, and Lord God, the one I need to have intimate relationship with. If that's you, I want you to come down here on a count of three: one, two, three. You can come down here and let's just let's just pray. Let's just pray. Come on, come on, come on.